podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey gang, quick question for you. Have you started playing daily fantasy yet? And if not, why not? Because if like me, you're already given up on the fantasy team that you drafted at the start of the season because it's doing so badly, then check out our brand new daily fantasy listener league, courtesy of DraftKings, because it could be the game for you. It's all very simple. You pick a brand new team every week based uh, on a salary cap. You enter that team into one or more of our show contests and you try and win all kinds of prizes. We've got merchandise, tickets and good old fashioned cash to give away. And more importantly than all of that, you can embarrass me, Propo, the Guru Sandrini and lots more of your show faves by showing us that you know a lot more than we do. So click the link in our show notes or hit us up on social media for a link. And that way you can join the show league. It's free to enter. And as well as the pay to play contests, there are going to be free to enter competitions all through the season. You have to be 18 plus, of course. And remember, be gamble aware.org. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. Shane Vereen in the house, ladies and gents. Super Bowl winner, former New England Patriot, former New York Giant. And we figured, seeing as the all-pro Shane Vereen is in the house and he played for both the Patriots and the Giants, we're going to look at the playoff race via those respective divisions because the AFC East and the NFC East, well, not only are they both packed with contenders, we could go as far as to say that we might see Four playoff teams in the AFC from the East. Four in the NFC from the East. It could happen. And we're going to break down why. And by extension, look at each of the key teams in that division and establish who's going to come out on top, who might splutter in the second half of the season, who Shane thinks is legit. So let's get straight down to business with the brilliant Shane Vereen. Shane Vereen, good to see you, man. We were just chatting a moment before we started recording about politics. I think we need a spin-off show. <laughs> you think we could solve the world's problems? I'm certain after that last six-minute exchange, I'm certain we can. I'm certain we can. Really I have faith in us. I have faith. Well, we're excited, of course, because the Donald's back on the scene. Uh, that, I mean, I'm, although never dis- a dull moment. Never a dull moment. Disappointed, though, that it means he's going to be a few more years before he ends up having an NFL franchise, which surely is his destiny. Right? <laughs> of course. Maybe he could buy Washington. That- yeah. Hey, there you go. You never know. It might get that. Um, oh, no, that would be awful. But I mean, anyway, didn't he try back in the day? I think he did. He did try a long time ago and the owners blocked him or something. Something something weird happened. Yeah. Uh, he got blocked. But he has tried. Yeah. Yeah. He had a yeah. USFL team as well back then. Mm-hmm. That rivalry to the NFL back in the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, he, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he's destined for the XFL, I'm sure. Him and Vince. <laughs> if it shows to be profitable, he'll definitely yeah. try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Good to see you, man. We got, um, we got an interesting angle, I think. And I, mean, I can say that with full transparency that it was Propos' idea, not mine. So uh, he takes full credit for it. But we want to look with you today the two best divisions in football at least what we think what we feel are the two best divisions in football or at least the two most intriguing divisions the two most wide open divisions in football the AFC East and the NFC East it's all about the East my friend so we're going to drill down get your take on the contenders because both divisions as far as playoff places are concerned wide open right all 
uh, all teams. What what are we talking? All eight teams. All eight teams. It took me a while with the math there. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> all eight teams would be in the playoffs if if the playoffs started today. That is which is insane. Which is wild. Because <laughs> we thought this season, the start of it, everyone was wow. The AFC West. Are we going to see four teams from one division? I mean, it could happen. And now, yeah. I mean, we might only see one playoff team for the AFC West by by the look. I know. I, that's that, and that's that's the crazy thing to me is like of all divisions, of all two divisions that we talked about coming into this season, I think the divisions that we talked about the least, well, I know I did talked about the least were the East, the yeah. AFC and NFC yeah. East. I, we we touched on them just because coming into the season we didn't know what we were going to get from Miami, we didn't know what we were going to get from Mac Jones in New England, Buffalo. We knew what we were going to get from Buffalo, but now they they've started to sputter. Mm. Um, and the NFC East, you never know. It's 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 a crapshoot. Every mm-hmm. year, you feel like it's Dallas's division to lose. Uh, we didn't know what we were going to get from the Jets or or not the Jets, the uh, the Giants or the Eagles, and they have just been winning. They've just yeah. These divisions have just found ways to win games, and you know, New England hasn't looked great all year, but they found ways to win games. The Commanders definitely haven't looked great, but they found ways to win games. Um, and and then you're looking at the AFC and NFC West which is where I spent most of my time looking and, and talking about and trying to break down which team had the upper, the upper hand. Uh, and it, this, this season has just been completely flipped upside down. Oh, it's, that's perfectly said. That's exactly what, what it is and, and where to start. Well, okay. Let's look at, um, let's look out, out of those eight teams. The, which is the biggest surprise in the context of where they're at right now. So I guess on the shortlist there, obviously the Giants at seven and two. I mean, nobody saw that coming. Uh, The Eagles, I think we figured would be good, but there was a big fat asterisk in red Sharpie next to their name because Jalen Hurts, I don't know. So his own individual performance, let alone their collective has got to be up there the jets yeah. are six and three i mean, I mean what are we uh, three and, yeah. they're, and they're starting quarterback missed a big chunk of time as well and they're six, yeah. they're six and three so i guess on the on the positive those are all big surprises and the flip side you've touched on it already the bills at six and three you know if we, yeah. we were saying we're going to week 11 the browns <laughs> heading to buffalo this weekend the uh, patriots of course squaring off against the jets and it what is going to be a, a key divisional matchup a key, a key playoff yeah. Uh, matchup in terms of playoff permutations, Miami's on a bite. If we'd said one of our previous shows, Shane, or, like, or the first show we did this season, week 11, the Bills and the Jets are going to have an identical record. You'd have laughed me out of dodge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. And and look, there, there's still there's still a lot of football to be played. Um, you know, we're just reaching halfway, a little over halfway of the season for most teams. Um, so, you know, I don't think in a few weeks, the but all eight teams will be um, playoff eligible, if you will. Mm. Um, I, I think some things are going to shake down, like you said. Uh, the Patriots and Jets are playing, so that's going to you know shake some things up if the Jets are able to win. So there, there's still a lot left to be to be seen, a lot left to be played out. Um, I, I mean, but now you got it. Now we got Green Bay and Tampa Bay kind of finding some footing. Yeah. Kinda finding some rhythm. That's going to be interesting to see how those two teams turn out. And I, I still love, I still think Baltimore is, is in my opinion, one of the better teams, definitely the best team in the North right now. Mm. Um, but I, I'm really high on Baltimore. Um, Are you concerned just, though with the, the injuries there right now, offensively, it just short stacking them too much. You know, it's it's 
injuries are going to happen. That That's not my concern. It's, it's more or less the length. Hopefully they can get JK Dobbins back healthy, you know, for a playoff run. Yeah. Um, that is going to be concerning going forward. And that, that unfortunately that's what Baltimore was dealing with last season mm-hmm. uh, was injuries across the board. And fortunately they're doing it again. You see the San Francisco 49ers finally getting their pieces back last Sunday. Uh, it's, it's part of the game at this point that it's just, it is what it is with the way that they can or can't prep for a season, the way they can and can't hit um, mm. and camp and, and shorten the preseason and nobody's playing in the preseason. We're just, it, this is just going to be, I think an occurrence that we're going to see year in and year out within the NFL. Not that it wasn't happening before. I just think it's more notable um, happening now. Okay, well, on that tip, then, in terms of things things that are happening now and a, and a key narrative this season, of course, has been, well, a lack of potent offense or, or the resurgence yeah. of, of defense, right? It's the lowest scoring season in the last five years so far. And there are a number of theories about that. Obviously, one of the pervasive ones is if we look at some of the the reasons and the rationale for freewheeling high scoring games yeah. in recent seasons, it's been offenses taking the lid off and defenses have adjusted. And therefore there's a more attritional offensive style that many teams are adopting and yeah. uh, it's not as fast paced. And therefore that makes a lot of sense. I want to ask you on, on this, if we're looking at teams like the jets and, and, the, and the Patriots bringing this to the, to the East and yeah. their clear limitations offensively, both of them. Yeah. Is it the best season possible for for a roster constructed that way for them to 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 be in contention right that neither of them have got anything remotely resembling a fluent offense yeah and yet they're in contention is that it's are they are they lucky that it's this year that they're rolling that way you know i I think it's yes (laughs) yes i I do think that this season kind of lines up to the way and the style that they want to play football but also you know the jets defense is, is very talented um the Patriots always are going to play solid defense. Mm. Um, let's see. So the Jets defense is ranked 10th as far as points against. So they're giving up 19 points a game. Mm. Um, and so if you have an offense that can at least score 21, which is what they're averaging, which isn't great. But if your defense is, is holding up their end of the bargain, it's good enough. Right. At some point, though, they're going to have to score. And that's and that's what you fear with low scoring offenses. There's going to be a point in the season, uh, a pivotal game Mm. where you're going to have to score. And it's not that the defense isn't doing their job. It's just the defense is playing up is playing against a better offense. And that Mm. just happens. And you're going to be forced to score in certain games. I don't know if the Jets can do it. I I don't have a lot of faith in Zach Wilson. Mm. I believe they can run the ball. And I believe that their receivers are extremely talented. Um, But they're going to have to at some point this year score points. Um, And if they don't figure that out, I I mean, you know, it it could be any, it could be anyone's division. It could be anybody's playoff run. Um, Yeah. So So on that, so defenses against middle of the pack teams, the regular season, sure. Everything changes on both sides of the ball when you get, get to the playoffs. So you've got to, it's going to be harder to keep that level, that, that total low, but there's also moments in the game as well, right? Even if you do do that in the deeper waters of the playoffs, if you are holding teams to 18, between 18 and 21, there are, there are moments in the game because the defenses you're coming across typically are going to be upper level of playing upper level because of the playoffs as well, that you need those, those, those key playmakers. So even if you've got, um, uh, uh, an irregular offense that isn't 
hasn't really found its identity, isn't rolling in in the way that, say, you know, a Reader Mahomes offense is, a yeah. Shanahan's offense looking awesome with all the new pieces. You've got a certain player that can, you know, you, you've got a Jamar Chase that can make a big play. You have yeah. a Lamar that can make a big play. The Jets don't have anyone like that. The Patriots don't have anyone like that. Any yeah. X-Factor game changer. Yeah, especially on the offensive side of the ball, um, it has yet to be seen. I believe the Jets have more playmakers mm. than the Patriots do. Um, they're younger, but I do believe that Garrett Wilson, um, yeah. Eli- um, Elijah Moore, I-, I believe those guys are better playmakers and bigger playmakers. Um, will they? We'll see. given the opportunity you know we'll we'll see uh garrett wilson has definitely flashed some big plays some big playability but when you have an offense um specifically the jets and and new england's offenses what you need to help is takeaways on the defensive side of the ball Mm. extra possessions and those get fewer and fewer as we get closer to um the playoffs and as we get closer to december football um the turnover rate drops and the possessions that each offense might have been afforded um, in November and September is not necessarily going to be the case. And mm. that is where it's going to be extremely tough for those teams that are having trouble scoring now. You're just all of a sudden flip a switch and score 40 points. That's, yeah, yeah, it's not that the lights are going to suddenly does not happen. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen. Let, you mentioned Zach Wilson uh, a moment ago. You're not buying Zach. No. Why not? What is it? About, I mean, look, we can all see that he's not that we can all see that he's struggling. You see, he's not at the level he needs to be. But in terms of mechanics, in terms of the way that he's reading or struggling to, to read the game, what is it in particular that you think isn't gelling? And is it correctable? Because some quarterbacks at this stage of their career, you look at it and you think, okay, they're not where they need to be, but that'll come in time or there is the potential yeah. for that versus others that after a couple of years, you're looking at them and thinking that they're, they're never going to get this. Yeah, for me, I think he's too careless with the football. Um, a lot, you know, he, he's what makes him talented is his what makes him talented is also the same thing that that's that's making him not successful. Mm. Um, his ability to extend plays, his ability to hang tough in the pocket, his toughness as a player, as sometimes it, it leads to him throwing the ball late when it shouldn't be thrown at all, maybe thrown away. Um, instead of taking a ball and just realizing, you know, good offensive play, better defensive scheme, take the ball and just run and slide for a couple yards instead of trying to force a ball. Um, he, I just, he has five interceptions to four, five interceptions to four touchdowns this year. And both of those numbers are low, but the fact of the matter is you have more interceptions than touchdowns mm. and that screams. And if you watch any of their games, it's he's forcing the ball late over the middle of the field. He's not checking the ball down to his backs nearly enough. Um, and those are little things, but over the course of a season, start to pile up and, and they start to get really tough for an offensive coordinator to trust you. Mm. Um, and, and and that is that that's to me, that's why uh, Zach Wilson is struggling. And that's why I'm not too high on him at this moment. Of course, he shows plays where he can be unbelievable. Yeah. Don't get me wrong um, that you got. But the bad and the good, it, it's it's starting to get 50 50. And that's never a good thing. And any first round of quarterback, certainly a high first round is going to be able to show flashes. Right. I mean, it, yeah, you know, that's that I guess is a given it's that inconsistency. Is that correctable? Do you think like the, the flaws yeah. that you, you think that is the glass half full for, for Wilson fans and Jets fans, 
this could come good. It's yeah. not like this is an un, you know, a, 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 a problem that is going to plague him indefinitely without any chance of an upside. Correct. I, I do think that it's fixable with more football being played. Um, and I, you know, to put it simply, it'll be as though like a light, like a light switch just goes off in his head right. or turns on, I should say. And he's like, Oh, and he'll see it and understand it. And it's, it's sometimes it's that quick for a player in any position. I remember mm. when, when all of a sudden it just, the light went on in my head. Um, it was like OTAs in my second, going into my second season. And I was like, mm. okay, this is, I get it now. I yeah. get where I was. I get what, you know what I mean? I, I get this from a whole, but that took a year and a half for me personally. And was it know, speed mainly that was the hardest thing to adjust to? Or? No, it, it was the speed of my mind, mm. not physical. Mm-hmm. It was, I needed to think faster and react faster mentally um, in order for my physical abilities to really uh, rise to the top in a sense. Got it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just a complete understanding. And sometimes for quarterbacks, that's just, okay, you don't need to throw the ball 15 times over the middle of the field. Just check it down to the running back and let him go get you, get you five, six, seven yards and move, keep moving the chains, soften up the defense, start to bring them down. And now you take your shot. Now, now the sidelines are open because you've, because you've been keeping them honest with the checks down, keeping them honest with the flat routes. Um, and that opens everything else up, but that's not something that a young player understands fully. Mm, spoken like a true running back, incidentally. Ask, ask him for the <laughs> hey, hey. running back will do the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> so if, you, if you're not sure about Zach, or yeah. about Mac, because uh, I guess difficult for him, because again, because of injury, and Bailey Zappi rocked it when he came in and, and uh, yeah. exceeded expectations to, to a ridiculous degree, because I think everybody thought, well, that's that's them done, and actually he held his own and, and looked in, in a simple game plan and with a simple offense look pretty composed. It's one of those situations now where there's a vocal part of the fan base that wants him and, and doesn't want Mac. Mac's regress. The couple of games he had before he went out injured, he was struggling compared to last year. And all of these things kind of rolled in. So it's quite hard to read where we are with, with Mac at the moment. What do you make of, of that situation? It's a tough situation. It's a completely different situation than, than the Zach Wilson one. Um, this is... Part as much blame as I want to put on Mac Jones, it would be interesting to see what those meeting rooms are like um, with the coaches calling the offense that have this is their first full season doing that. Mm-hmm. And from adjustment side, an adjustment standpoint, I haven't seen the schemes or the play calling adjust in a, specifically in the second half of football games. Right. So I don't know how much of that is on the players. I don't know how much of that is on the coaching staff. It's probably a little bit of both. But that's why I think this week is going to be so interesting and so pivotal for mm. both of these teams coming off of a bye. Mm. They're both coming off of a bye. What did you work on? What did you find? Did you go back and look at the first half of the season, see what we did well, see what we didn't do well? How can we make what we didn't do well better? And how can we make what we did do well better? How can we continue to grow? And coming off of a bye, that's going to be – I'm going to be watching this game very closely. Well, Belichick's the master of coming off a bye, right? I mean, I think statistically, I think he's the all-time great. Yeah. You've worked with him coming off a bye week. Why is that? What I mean, it gives every coach theoretically an edge. Why are the Patriots – why is a Belichick-led Patriots able to really maximize that that opportunity? Well, I think when I was there, what – 
bye weeks were not off weeks. <laughs> bye, <laughs> bye weeks, <laughs> bye weeks. Yeah. The pads came back on, and we had we would have two um, two tough practices. Um, we might even throw a scrimmage in there, uh, but we would have at least two very tough practices. And also, so was that different? Just to sorry to jump in, was yeah. that different to the Giants? Say? Yes, it was. Okay, yeah, so. it was. We, we right. practiced, we practiced, but we weren't full pads, full live drills. We didn't like it was. We're gonna get healthier, and that was more. <laughs> uh, you know, that was yeah. more the approach. And you know, you have to balance it with how many guys you have healthy, how many guys you don't. You know, yeah. and all that type of stuff. So, so there's it's no a, it's no weekend balance, in Acapulco but... when you're. Out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We, yeah. We'll get we get a couple of days off. But I remember I would. What did I do with my off? I would probably fly out, go see my brother play on Saturday, and nice. then come right and come right back. Yeah, just sleep. Yeah. <laughs> So you, so it's, it's hardcore. There's no messing around. That's that's yeah. a, a distinction. What else? Anything? And I mean, when you, well, when you give Coach Belichick two weeks to prepare for a team, uh, you know what I mean. It's it's the game plan is just going to be better. It, it's mm. going to be more sound. Um, it's going to be a simplified game plan that we can play at it. That's going to be tough for the defense to stop, tough for the offense to stop, and we're just going to play better and mm. do it faster and be more efficient and execute more. Sometimes you don't need to add new plays to win more games. If you can just execute the plays that you have better, that it's, you'll play faster. It's a simplified game and you'll still score and win games at a high clip. I remember multiple times sitting in the locker room at halftime and coach McDaniels is just frustrated just like we all are after a poor first half and he's like guys i'm not changing the play calls mm. the play calls are fine just play better we just <laughs> need to play better <laughs> and sometimes those were like that's all we needed sometimes okay. that is all that is all we needed we just needed to look at each other look at each other and be like yeah you're right we can we can do a lot better than this and you just go do it it's a little bit like um uh, ollie's pre-show team talk which uh is typically don't be shit pretty much yeah i mean hey, much. You, you can't argue with that <laughs> so so many times coaches and players just get so caught up in their head about the x's and o's and and this play and that play and and this adjustment that adjustment where are they bringing the blitz when really you just need just go out there and react to what you see yeah take everything out of your mind relax under it's just football yeah. It's just football. React, trust yourself, trust your teammates and go play. You know, I, I guess that is sage advice, but particularly understandable that that can work in an organization like the Patriots, where they've got such a clear game plan and you all understand what that game plan is. Then you can just rely on instinct or at least all you've done the preparation. It's not just instinct. You know, exactly. the, know the work's gone in. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is that is interesting. Just you mentioned McDaniels. I just want to ask you about the situation in Vegas because again, you know, you played with him and you know yeah, yeah. it's unlikely they're gonna he's gonna be one and done, right? Because they've invested, yeah. they don't want someone was making the point this week that particularly because Gruden was such a such a train wreck, they don't want another quick, you know, mm. mess to to fix in another reboot. But do you think they've been a little bit unlucky that the Raiders in the season where you've got a lot of teams that are about the same level? rubber the green a couple of breaks going their way we could be looking at a team that's still in playoff contention or do you think there's something intrinsically uh unsettled there that's going to take a while to to get sorted 
Yeah, I think they've been unlucky at times, but they've brought on that unluck, unluckiness to themselves. Mm. Um, you, you can't be leading by 17 points, 10 points in multiple games and then lose. Right. Uh, you're, you're finding ways to lose. As we're talking about the teams at the top um, that are finding ways to win games. They're just they're finding more and more ways to lose games in Vegas. Um, And I I, and I do believe that Coach McDaniel should be there um, at least for another season. And then you can make the decision based off next season. But, yeah, you know, listening to Derek Carr's uh, presser after the game on Sunday, he got emotional and it it, and it felt felt as though like half the locker room wasn't bought in yet. Mm. Like there were guys that were bought in guys that are are in the locker room for the same cause fighting with coach McDaniels and the coaching staff and the rest of the team. But it just felt like him getting emotional in the words that he chose that not everybody in that locker room was bought in to the same cause. You know, we hear that as, you know, as, as fans, media, whatever, and understand it, of course, but don't really understand it. So I'm not, of course, expecting you to, to talk necessarily from a personal experience or, or name names, but just being, of course, in in the league and around it, you'll you'll know situations like this. What does that look like? So when you're in a, mm-hmm. if a player is in a divided locker room and there's a chunk of players that, as you say, are not buying into the cause and not up for it, are they just constantly like backbiting? Are they just stirring the pot all the time? How does that play out in a locker room? It it can be that. Um, it, it could it could definitely get that deep. Um, I've been on a team or two where that was the case. A lot of talk. Mm-hmm. A lot of side conversations with people of the press, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Just it, it, and it just it, it just spurs a cancer, and you can't really get rid of that once it gets to a certain point. But it could be as simple. It doesn't necessarily have to be talking behind coaches' back, talking behind players' back. It could easily be as simple as football is not everybody's number one right now. They're distracted with stuff off the field. Um, maybe they're, they're distracted with social media and they're not all in. Maybe they're not watching. They're not watching the film. Maybe they're not getting to their treatment. Maybe they're not showing up to work on time. Mm. All that are little things that you wouldn't think matter, but they matter tremendously yeah. to the culture and to the makeup of a team and to how much you trust each and every person in that locker room. Do but find, it, those things matter. That is fascinating. Do you, do you find that certain players unintentionally, find whether they won a championship or have been in the league four or five years and signed a big deal, got a big free agent move and they don't necessarily even realize it, but their approach is, is different. They just, they're not, they don't have the same intensity they, that they need. Yeah. Um, it's just, it comes with complacency. Yeah. Um, that happens for sure. Um, you know, I, I remember times where, where that happened with me and I had to like look myself in a mirror and, and you kind of got to catch yourself. Mm. Um, but it, it's, it's, yeah, because it's just year in and year out the seat, especially now the season just seems so long and you're just trying to maximize, maybe like you're just tired this week. So you're not coming in as early to get the treatment because you just want to sleep an extra hour or two. Um, so yes, that, that does come that does come the intensity um, cause that's, that's energy, that's emotion and that gets drained and that is tough to be that intense person each and every day. Mm. Um, especially when you have the whole team looking for you to be that. So that is, that is tough and it's emotionally draining. 
Mm. Um, so it does happen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, on this matchup this weekend, the, the Belichick Patriots offer by Belichick against a young quarterback who's struggling. We saw a few weeks back the Patriots defense dismantling the Jets and they're going into this game now in New York, obviously with swagger, but with no Brees Hall. And just on that, what do you think of the pickup of James Robinson? Do you feel that that has worked out pretty well so far? I think so. Um, you know, Brees Hall was coming into his own. Um, unfortunately, when he went down, he had he was had two big games. Yeah. Uh, before the injury. And it was making it, he was looking like he was offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, um, he was playing that well. And that is a big hit because he has the big playability. But Michael Carter is still a good back. Uh, Jay Robinson is a good back. He's a strong runner. Um, so they, they'll they be OK in the run game. But make no doubt about it. The loss of Brees Hall was is a big portion of that team and that offense yeah. because they, they run their run first offense. Yeah, and it was that X factor we talked about. I, I was mentioning it was or making that point, obviously, with the absence of Hall. I think that it's a different conversation if he was out there. So, yeah, yeah back to my initial question. They took care of business pretty easily, the Patriots, a few weeks back. Yeah. Do you think it'll be the same again? Or do you think that Salah and Co. will have learned a lot from what went down and, and will be able to adjust? You know, I, I definitely think the Giants or the Jets are playing um, much better football. Um <clears throat> Than, than when they played the Patriots the first time. Let's see. Oh, it was only three weeks ago. Yeah. Score 17-22. That's right. And they the Jets had uh, Mac Jones threw a pick six at the end of the second quarter, and it got called back for a late hit on the quarterback. Yeah, which, that's right. That was a very poor call. I didn't agree with that call at all. Um, and I'm not a Jets fan by any <laughs> means. Um, but I just thought that was bogus. So I, I do think it will be a different ball game. Um, you know, I'm just – even regardless of who wins, I'm going to be looking for things like I'm going to be looking for adjustments. I'm going to be looking for have they have they improved on their pass blocking? Have mm. they improved on their run blocking? Have they improved on their tackling um, on their run fits defensively? How are they how are they mixing and matching the coverages? Because um, both quarterbacks are struggling. Yeah. So regardless of who wins this game, I'm going to be looking for those little intricacies to see how much better, how much improved the team's got during the bye week, because that's going to tell me how much how much further this season there. Both these teams are going to make it. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Got a got an instinct. Either. Actually, actually, hold the prediction on that. I'm going to okay. ask you a quick one on the bills and then I want to know which of the four or how many of the four you think will ultimately make the, make the play. Okay. So okay. my question on the bills is pretty simple. How concerned should we be with, with the back-to-back losses? Cause they're getting, uh, people are hyping up. Oh, there's suddenly a problem now. Are we, is that overreaction going on to those two losses? Yes and no. Um, I, I think more, it's not an overreaction than it is. Um, we saw in where, I'm, where I was first alerted to their issues, um, was against green Bay three weeks ago, they mm. won the game, but green Bay, but they didn't score in the second half and green Bay just ran the ball up and down the field all second half and made it and brought it to a closer game than it ever needed to be. So I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting. Um, and then next week, they can't stop the run week after that, they can't stop the run. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely an issue and definitely something that they need to nip in the bud now because there's blood in the water and the quicker mm -hmm. you can heal this wound, 
um, the less it's going to be, you're going to be fed upon. You know what I mean? So, so everyone's looking at sharks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Again, because Milano was out for a bit of that time. I was back last week. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, they'll, so they'll be looking at that and thinking, okay, this is where we can key in and, and, and look at particularly the runs and the blocking that was working and, and working out. Yeah, that is interesting. So, uh, yeah. So it is, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely concerning. With Nick um, Chubb coming to town as well. That is definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's defi- paper, it's definitely it. concerning. And I, I know how people like to go with the, <clears throat> well, this guy's out, this guy's out. Mm. I, th- I, that I don't, I don't really buy into that as an excuse. Really? I never, how, how come? I never have. Um, because at the NFL level, you, you should be deep enough to where no matter who goes out, you're still going to be able to win games, maybe not at the same clip, but at the mm. same time, it shouldn't look like that. It shouldn't look bad enough to where uh, one player makes that big of a difference. Understandably, yeah. the quarterback <laughs> position is a completely different topic. Sure. I'm, spe- I'm speaking more from a defensive side or or, a, yeah. or an offensive key, key piece that, that's not a quarterback. Um, yeah, it's a fair point, the relativity of it, right? Yeah, so yeah. understood. On this then, come on, which, which way are you going? The, well, the Dolphins are top of the pile, of course, right now. As yeah. we said earlier, they're on a buy. So yeah. who's your division winner? Uh, I think Buffalo will, will win the division. Come good. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, you, you, you fear about teams starting off as hot as they did and playing as well as they did. And you're like, oh, there's no way they can keep this up. Right. <laughs> right I right. mean, if they kept that up, that would be the most, it would be the most remarkable season we've ever seen. Um, <laughs> right. I'm like, there's no way they're going to keep this up. So I feel like they hit that kind of plateau mm-hmm. and they realize they're human. And if they don't play well, they will lose games. And some good teams need those reminders every now and then. Um, so I think they will start to play better. Miami and Buffalo, I think, will be at the top of the division. They both go to the playoffs. And the Jets and Buff, the Jets and New England, I think the winner of this weekend, you got to say it. This weekend, I, I want to say the winner of this weekend goes to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I think the Jets win definitely, right? I mean, yeah. If the- let me see, hold on. Let, let's see who the Jets have left. Let's see that. So they got New England. Yeah. And then Chicago at home at Minnesota at Buffalo, Detroit at home, Jacksonville at home at Seattle at Miami. So they need to take care of home Mm -hmm. and steal a few on the road. Okay, so the Patriots have got after the Jets this weekend, Minnesota, the Bills, Cardinals, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Dolphins and the Bills again. (laughs) Yeah. So this game, this game is huge. This Huge. game in week this game in week eleven is big time. Are yeah, gonna, this, gonna, this game counts as two, really. If you, you know what does. I mean, yeah, man. We, I mean, again, going back to what we said at the top of the show, if we were having a conversation that the Jets are going to the playoffs at the start of this season, I'd forget about it. I mean, it just yeah. no. No, so out, you would get laughed, laughed off of every platform that, every that platform. you that you're asked to speak on. I, yeah. you know, I wrote a piece today for the Times about um, about Jeff Saturday. Let me throw this out to you. Look, it's it's okay. probably at the time of recording, it's already been published, so I could my Twitter feed could already be blowing up with hate. Right? <laughs> I'm interested because you, as a player, now an analyst and a broadcaster, you might relate to this. And I was putting forward this argument not saying i definitely think this is going to happen but just throwing it out there everybody everybody has vilified the jeff saturday appointment right yeah 
it's ridiculous. At best, it's just nepotism. Yeah. All good old boys. It's it's a it's a stretch. Yeah. At it's worst, a, yeah. it's it's Machiavellian. We're tanking. <laughs> and we're yeah. going. We're going for broke. We're gonna. It's gonna be a disaster. And I know it is. And okay. Here, the, here's the crux of the argument I put forward, which is the NFL, as we know, is a copycat league, right? And yeah. there, yeah. things work and everybody rolls with it. And uh-huh. in recent years, the young coach zeitgeist move, which was started with McVeigh, uh, and interesting, I didn't realize this in researching the well, I realized, but I hadn't joined the dots. Researching the article, Belichick's first head coaching gig was with Cleveland, of course, when he was 38. But of course, Belichick by that stage had already had 15 years of <laughs> assistant experience upwards yeah. on in the NFL, right? So yeah. you know, age is again in context. But since McVeigh, there are now uh, seven or eight, I think, coaches that are 40 or under in the leagues, you know, so right. a, a good chunk. And m- most of them have been appointed in the last couple of years, right? So mm-hmm. uh, O'Connell and Stefanski and everybody else. So that's clearly a cop, an example of a copycat. And so my argument with, with Jeff Saturday was the way that the league has changed. And we've seen this uh, particularly most acutely this season with uh, Nathaniel Hackett, right? That yeah. this isn't necessarily new, but a coordinator stepping up to the head coaching gig. Oh, I've got to deal with all these other things I hadn't realized I got to deal with. And so the media, the GM, the owners, all of these extra pressures. Plus you've got a you're suddenly the top guy now. You've got to communicate a philosophy, a direction. As the great Bill Walsh always talked about, it's got to run through top to bottom through the organization. It you get distracted from the core X's and O's and and that vision, right? And and so that's why a lot of head coaches give up the the play calling duties, right? That that's why because yeah. they got to concentrate on this. And then you yeah. join that with different generation of players now, where you got it's harder to manage players than ever before. This is uh, anybody out there who is a manager of in any role will understand that generationally there are, there are it's not better or worse, just different challenges right out there. Yeah. Yeah. So the attributes that you need in a head coach is what I'm saying is changing. So here's, here was my theory. If it turns out that actually it's a masterstroke the Saturday, because look, it's patronizing to him, I think some of the criticism, he was a great player. He's an analyst. He's been close to the game. You get guys coming into the NFL from college. Yeah. And I mean, Urban Meyer is probably the best example of this that apparently didn't know some of the, yeah. play, yeah. the players. Steve Spurrier. Aria, Steve right? Spurrier, Nick Saban. Saban? Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. They're not necessarily following the other football, but they don't know the league. Saturday knows the league backwards. You get where I'm going with this. Yes. Are we going to see, if, if it works, are we going to see maybe a change in the the attributes and the decision-making process in a head coach. What do you think? Crazy idea or not? I think you're onto something Uh, because if it works, like you said, the biggest point, if it works, more, more people will do it. More teams will try, or they're at least going to try it and see what happens. Cause what if it works for them too? Yeah. Um, I I think Jeff, like I understand uh, the frustration from, um, you know, if you're a coach that's been waiting for a head coaching job and you've put in the work, um, I yeah. understand you being a little salty about it, but at the same time, Jeff Saturday knows football mm. and it, what he lacks maybe in the X's and O's, uh, he makes up for in leadership. He mm-hmm. makes up for in just, um, knowing the game as a whole, understanding how to speak to guys. Um, you, right. you talked about, you talked about this new generation and if you're a coach that's stuck in the old ways, um, 
and I sound like I say the old ways as if it was a long time ago. I'm talking about like just when I was playing and it was when I was playing <laughs> a couple football. Of years ago. Yeah. yeah. A couple of years ago, things have changed so much from that standpoint Yeah, um, that you have to have somebody that whether you agree with it or not understands where the new generation of players are coming from mentally. Mm. Um, you have, you, you might not like it, but you have to be able to understand it and talk to them as such. Mm-hmm. And you can't be so stuck in your ways that you're just going to assume that everybody's just going to conform to the head coach's way of thinking. No, mm-hmm. no, no. It's got to be an even trade. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if you're going to be, if you're going to say, okay, no, no cell phones in the locker room, then you have to be okay with um, guys being on social media after practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? So you have, it's a give and take. Yeah. Um, but I think you're on to say, I, I'm, I'm a, send me the article when it, when it's published, I want to read it. I'll pick it out to you. Saturday, the, yeah. C, the CEO, the CEO model. I can, I can, okay. yeah, I, it's a, it's, a it's exciting though. It's yeah, exciting it though. Is, I, huh? I, I have to say, I, I don't think I, I was shocked when, mm-hmm. with, with the announcement of Joe Saturday, but the more I thought about it, I understood it. Mm. It's like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Actually, this, this, if there's ever a time, if there was ever a time in a season to do a move, to make a move like this, that was the time to do it. Last week was the time to do it. Um, yeah. yeah. And you know, I know you love your football and God, we haven't even gotten to the world cup, man. Who's your pick for the world cup? <sighs> USA, of course. No. Yeah. I know. I, 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 I'm going to cheer on England and yeah. I think, uh, I want to say Spain, but one of like, one of like the, um, What's the the orange? I can't think of it. Where Amsterdam is, the Netherlands. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, so, yeah. A team like that is just gonna mm. go crazy. Just to, yeah, it's just because yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, you know, it's just, and I'm 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 really deep diving because I'm doing a daily World Cup show for Rogers Media, so I'm gonna be really deep diving. Ollie's involved with it as well, so we've been deep diving. Okay. Into, sneaky dark horse picks, and they've got a, a horrendous group, and and obviously they are <laughs> a long shot, but Canada are quite in it. Quite an interesting side. They're quite a really. Side. I haven't even looked at them. I gotta look. I gotta look yeah, at the. Gotta look at that. Alfonso yeah. Davis is their big star, but yeah, they're in a tough group because they've got Belgium and Croatia. Yeah, they're in a okay. group okay. of death. But yeah, there's a sneaky good pick. But uh, is Spain uh, gonna be good? They'll always be. They'll always be good. They don't really have enough firepower. They haven't got that kind of speaking of X factor. That goal score, that predator. That, they haven't got. They need Torres from ten years ago. They need. You know. They haven't got yeah. That. Explain to me why England isn't a favorite. Or are they a favorite? I've just been hearing more that they're not a favorite than they yeah. are. I guess if you look at the big beast favorites, Brazil, obviously, Argentina, it's Messi's last World Cup, Portugal yeah. at all, and Ronaldo's there as well. Though he's, I don't know if you've seen, he's he's kind of blowing it all up. He did an interview, which is broadcast uh, tonight and tomorrow, but they've been leaking clips from it with Piers Morgan, who's got a chat show back over here now. Yeah. And Ronaldo, if you've seen in the interview, he's given just- I've seen some clips, but I I, I saw the, I, not clips, but I saw some statements that he made about Manchester United. Yeah. So he's just detonating everything. And uh, okay. I mean, okay. which is interesting timing. There was some quite good footage of him having done this. And there's, you know, he's talking about how he's been badly treated and yada, yada, yada. He'll, he'll never play for United again. Yeah. And that he's rocking up at, um, uh, the Portuguese, they all kind of land in, in Qatar or, or go to land at the airport or head to the airport to, to get the flights over. And he's saying hi to all the players. And there's Bruno, uh, Bruno Fernandes, who's his Man United teammate. 
as well as Portugal teammate. It is a frosty reception, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) How he says. So I don't know how happy his teammates are. So that that could the Portugal could implode. I think Um, France are good, really strong, but they got quite a few injuries. Okay. Um, so all of these kind of there's question marks about all of them. Brazil are always the favourites, but yeah, they're all these incredible attacking players. But it, can they all play together? Yeah, England. And ask you a question: Are everyone's quite down on them because they're a young side, um, and that's that's a problem to, for some people that they're quite uh-huh. raw. And Southgate, uh, Gareth Southgate, the manager who up until recently everybody loved because he had two tournaments in a row where we did really well and he got everyone to believe in the the team again after years of everyone being already disappointed, you know, came so close to winning two two big tournaments. Yeah. But with a bit on a bad run of form, and it's the usual thing that people turn quickly, you know, fans are fickle, they turn quickly. He doesn't know what he's doing. and But, you know, the, the precedent is there. Like every, as far back as I can remember, I mean, the first World Cup I remember is, as a kid, was the one in 1990, Italian 90, right? And okay. that was, a, we went in, we ended up getting England got to the semi-final of it. And, but going into it, everyone thought we were rubbish. Bobby Robson, the manager, fire him. We started the tournament badly. And then in the end, went on a roll and, and almost and almost made it, you know? So yeah. I think I think England will be dangerous, but I, it's wide open, man. There's so many yeah. variables, so many variables. Yeah. And I'm and I'm interested to in seeing the timing of instead of having it in the summer, mm. having it now. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm curious how that's going to that's going to affect yeah. everybody. Who does that benefit exactly? It's in. Yeah, I mean, there are yeah, so much, and and it's tournaments. It's like it's you know the playoffs. It's tournament football. I mean, oh well, you know, the, and you get through the group stages. I mean, then it becomes a bit of a crapshoot, right? You get to the knockout yeah. phase and. Whew, I mean, and, and how many and how many of these guys have been how many of these guys have been able to play together? Yeah, right. For a significant time because they've been with their own club teams. Yeah, for exactly. the last few months, you this know, so, the, yeah. exactly. And the, the build up in compared to normal is even shorter, and that's a big issue with international football. Anyway, is is that which is why if you look at a lot of the a lot of the successful teams over the years, they've got a cluster of players, like a spine of players from the same club who played. To, and back in the day, that was easy. Okay. Like Italians would always have like the AC Milan back four or, you know, the events. Okay. 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 Now in the, in the modern game, everyone's playing everywhere. It's kind of harder to do that. Man. Yeah. 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 Um, let's talk, let's talk uh, a wrap on and the NFCs. Um, okay. Because again, a fascinating division you said at the top. Are the Giants going to sustain this? At seven and two, is reality going to set in? And I mean that with respect because it's amazing what Dable's done, but they, yeah. they clearly don't have the talent that pretty much any any other team in their division has on paper, including Washington, right? But right. Uh, but yet here they are. Are they rolling now? They, they're in their groove and they're going to be final. Or are you worried that the, the breaks might come on? Uh, it's definitely going to get tougher. Um, we're at the time of the season now where um, there's, there's going to be a clear separation between the contenders and the pretenders. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they have Detroit at home this week at Dallas. That'll be a big game. Mm-hmm. Washington commanders at home and Philly at home. So after they play Detroit this week, they have three conference or three divisional games. Um, they'll probably, they're going to, to win all three of those is going to be extremely tough. Yeah, um, I, I could easily see them losing two of those. Um, 
Then they got the commanders again. Uh, and then Minnesota, Indy, Philly. So uh, playoffs, I see it for sure. Um, there's definitely what three wins out of that to, to make it, you think. Yeah. Essentially that's the, yeah, that's what you would think. And you know, it's, you're right. They, they don't have the talent of most of the teams that they're playing against, but they're finding ways to win games. They're finding ways. What Dave also good at is finding, getting the most out of what he has on his roster. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not the most talented. It's not going to blow you away. I mean, shoot the big ticket right, right receiver. Hasn't really played at all. Kenny Galladay. Um, mm. I don't They, they don't, I don't think he's going to be there next season either. I think they would have traded him they, or they tried to trade him, but his contract is so astronomical that mm. nobody wanted to take that on. Um, so I, but I think what they are doing well is taking what they have and putting those players in the best position to win the football game, mm-hmm. putting those players, it might not look sexy. It might not be high scoring, um, but the players that they have are playing their best. And it goes to it. That's, that should be noted because look at new England, um, look at Vegas um, teams that I think are more talented, but are struggling to, mm. to find ways to win games. Green Bay finding struggling, finding ways to win games, Tampa Bay. I, I mean, just go down the list, what the mm. giants are doing with their roster is, is pretty, it's impressive. Oh, um, it, it, incredible. It's impressive. Yeah. They're, they're ranked 29th. Their passing office is ranked 29th. So that again, yeah. but is a question bringing a few of the points we made together with a defense playing the way it's playing and Saquon, is, is that going to be enough? Can you sustain that? And in the end, are you going to get going to get found out? You know what was really interesting looking at the playoff picture in the in the NFC. So as you said right at the top, all of these teams are, are currently in the playoff mix, right? And Washington, there's a there's a bit of a jump, right? So they're currently in the eighth spot in the NFC playoff picture. Below them, the Packers, and I'm not going to I'm not going to bore the hell out of our listeners by pushing my Packers agenda again, <laughs> <laughs> but I. I think they will come good. The, but there are a lot of people don't. In fact, we put a poll out a few weeks ago on Twitter, and a big chunk of our of our followers were saying they're not going to make it. The Falcons, I mean, gr- lot of positives about the season, but come on, they seem to be faltering. They're four and six. The yeah. Cardinals, dysfunction central there, and then oh, you've got Lord. the Lions, the Rams. The, I mean, yeah, it is. It is really conceivable that we could have four teams for the NFC East in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think we will. Yeah. I, I think, I, I, think I think we will. Now that you mention all these other teams, I, I think we will. The commanders are, are sneaky. Good, man. Yeah. They, 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 they can beat you if, if you don't take them seriously, if, if you don't come yeah. into the game, like completely prepped and, and, and ready to go from, from the first whistle, they will beat you. Um, and that's a testament to Ron Rivera and all that he's been able to do. But and they're getting Chase see- Young is back as well. Yeah, he yeah. could be back this Sunday. They're expecting ESPN reporting today that they're expecting to be activated for Sunday. Wow. I mean, what I mean, talk about the impetus you need, right? In the, yeah. Yeah. Your rhymes. yeah. I, I'll tell you what, though, that the NFC East is going to be. I, I can see all four teams making it. Um, you heard it here first, no? Uh, but. <laughs> There's going to be a battle because you're going to want the one seed, right? Mm. So you, you're going to want to have that bye week. That bye week is going to be crucial. So I think that's where the race is really going to be at is, is for positioning in the playoffs. 
they mm-hmm. should start thinking about that now because that these games coming up, especially the divisional games, um, matter a lot. Uh, almost, almost one and a half, almost worth one and a half, two games. But divisional games at this point in the season aren't worth just one game. They're worth more than that, yeah. whether you win or lose. Um, you're gonna have to. Minnesota will probably lose a couple more. Um, wow, I've never looked at it like this. This is this is very interesting. Yeah, you know it is. It, it's going to come down to Washington or Green Bay for the playoffs. I think. I think it's going to come down. To, I'm going to call that already. And Washington, of course, have got the Texans this weekend. And like you know, I know there's no easy game in the NFL, but I mean that's yeah. a decent bounce for them to to. to you have you have Seattle and San Francisco in. On yeah. your list, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah, there. Okay. So I see that Seattle. So I, yeah, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Hawks, the Bucks, the Giants, the Cowboys, the 49ers. and then so one's actually one's got to be out of that, right? So one, two, three, four, five. So yeah, six, that's seven. seven. So Washington are actually Washington are currently eight, aren't they? Just outside. Yeah. So okay, so maybe we need to cool our jets a little bit. One of those isn't going to fit. Maybe it is Washington. So it's, is it going to come down then? Well, no, actually, it could work if it's if it's the win. If it's all four NFC East teams, the winner of the NFC North, the winner of the NFC South, and then right. two NFC West. Right. So that's that could and work. that's gonna it's definitely going to happen in the South. It'll only be the Bucks, surely, from the South. Uh, yeah. And assuming Green Bay, yeah, to our point, Green Bay don't make it, then at least team. So, yeah, it comes yeah. down to whether Seattle or the 49ers should get their groove on now, you'd think. So, is yeah. it going to come down to whether you get two from the West? Yeah. From the West or two yeah. from the North. So, the, the, so there's going to be the front runner race, like I said, the contenders and pretenders. But the second race that we're going to need to watch is going to be between Washington, Green Bay, yeah. and Seattle, San Francisco. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that, yeah. One yeah. Of those is going to miss out. Yeah. Yeah. But, exactly. Yeah. Wow, man. We love this game. It's <laughs> rolling on. Shane, great to catch up with you. Where are you heading this weekend? Where's uh, you on the road? Right. Yeah, I'm on the road. I am in uh, the Bay Area, California, back in my own stopping grounds, uh, University of California, Berkeley. And uh, it's our big rival game. It's called the big game um, against Stanford. It's the 125th meeting between the two schools. It's the 40th anniversary of the play. I don't know if you've heard. It's like the very famous. The band is on the field and uh, very famous call. And Joe Starkey, the man who made that call, is retiring this year. Oh, no way. Um, Okay, Yeah. Both teams are doing terribly. Um, (laughs) I think they both have the same record of like three and seven. And the terrible seasons for both Cal and Stanford by their standards. Um, so everything's so on the line for this. Everything, one, yeah, oh, yeah. Man, that's that's a, and good. yeah, and there's another big rivalry game: UCLA and USC down south in LA. Yeah. That's going to be huge. Um, but I'll I'll be at the big game in um, in Berkeley. Enjoy that, man. Enjoy yeah. that uh, nice spot of the world to be in. I think this weekend. Yeah. I think it's fair to say it's great to catch up with you, bud. Look after yourself, uh, and we'll check with you soon, man. You too. You too. Let's do it again soon. Take care, man. Lovely stuff from Shane. We are back with him soon. You can count on that. We are back with Edge Rush imminently. FFS this week as well. Get your daily fantasy rolling. If you haven't joined our listener league, just hit the link in the bio. Get involved with that. And of course, if you haven't heard the Iron Mike Monday show already, that is in the vault. It's a goodie. He is in fine battle, I can tell you. So, lots to listen to.
Social Podcast Network.